It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Well, we wanted to uh, we wanted to talk with with Catherine Scott about songwriting, and so in this this episode this is what we're doing. So, um, Kevin, you'd mentioned uh, digging into a little bit of the history with Brian Dirksen. Yeah. So, if you joined us on the previous episode, uh, you'll know that we're we're uh, here with Catherine Scott, and uh, uh, what a great way to celebrate episode one hundred and fifty because this is a big yeah. episode. This oh, is, yeah. yeah. This is a big episode, and uh, we have, uh, we're just honored to have Catherine with us. Thank you for joining us today, Catherine. Oh, it's my total pleasure. Um, and what we want to talk about this specific episode, um, just real briefly, we'll make this a quick episode. It, it, we want to talk about songwriting. And um, Catherine Scott, uh, as probably many of you know, um, just wonderful, wonderful songwriter, uh, hungry child of God. You know, um, I belong. Uh, some of some of just my favorite worship songs. And um, Catherine, you shared in the previous episode how I think it was 1997 you met Brian Dirksen, and that was kind of a turning point for you um, in terms of how you led worship. And I also know just from my own knowledge of the Hungry album, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Brian, he took he took together just kind of a group of worship leaders and you guys just kind of went away and started writing songs. Um, and out of that out of that moment or out of that season is the, where the Hungry album was born, which, by the way, can I just say for the record, David and I were talking about this earlier, that Hungry album for me personally, in my in my personal worship journey and in my musical journey that hungry album was one of the transformational albums for me Mm. like hands down Mm. i remember buying that cd uh back when cds were still you know (laughs) they were still a thing um i remember buying that cd and just listening to it being blown away um you know the the first track hungry of course you know it comes in with that snare you know there's that little snare thing and i'm like whoa what is this you know and then and then there's that little you know that little that little guitar piano hook you know and i'm like whoa this is and and the whole album you know just so great um um you know your name is holy which i think is the next song after that you know it's that upbeat thing your name is holy um, so anyway, I, I just I just had to take a moment uh, just <laughs> just to say thank you, thank you for that oh, album. You're it, it, it personally <laughs> it personally changed and kind of um, I don't know if revolutionized is too strong a word, but it it was very yeah. transformational for me for my worship for how I led songs for how I worshipped uh, privately as well as corporately. So, um, but why, why don't you share a little bit about that <laughs> journey meeting Brian? learning about songwriting, what you did songwriting-wise on the Hungry album. Yeah. I love how intentional Brian was. He moved um, 
from Abbotsford in BC over to London for, I think it was originally only going to be one year, but he stayed for two. I'm awfully glad he did. <laughs> and um, because he had such a short space of time, what he did was uh, he got everybody to videotape their worship because his remit was to raise up worship leaders in the vineyard movement in the UK. And uh, he couldn't travel around all the churches, so he got everybody to just send in their Sunday morning worship. And for me, that was the third time I'd ever led worship publicly (laughs) (laughs) on my own. So I'd led in college, like I told you, and it was really bad. (laughs) This was me jumping off the deep end because my uh, senior pastor at the time said, Catherine, I think you're meant to do this. And I Mm. thought, to use a Northern Irish phrase, I thought his head was a marley. That means (laughs) a marble. (laughs) He's like... He has not is not cooking with all of the you know <laughs> faculties up there, but anyway, um, from that Brian chose around about ten of us, and uh, we would meet up down in London usually every six weeks or so for the weekend thereabouts, and normally uh, what we would do is we would be part of Brian's band for events that he was leading worship at, which was just a brilliant way to train us because you're. You're just watching everything. You don't even know that you're learning. I mean, we there were some sitting down and really learning specific things, but it was so uh, it was so natural learning just by being on his team. And uh, then what we would do as well is on those weekends together, we'd spend an hour or so. It was probably much longer actually. We'd spend an evening or so, uh, and we'd go around the room just listening to songs that each other were writing. And we'd critique them. And Brian had taught us how to critique songs. What is it that we're trying to say? A song should say one thing. It should say it really clearly. Um, it should be simple to sing, but it should be it should be so fresh that you want to sing it again. You have to hear it again. He just taught us all the just really fundamental, easy to access rules about writing congregational songs. Uh, and so then we'd head off again to wherever we lived across the UK and work on our stuff while we were at home in normal life. And then six weeks or so later, we'd get together again and we would sit and listen to each other's songs again and do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really how that all happened. It, it was wonderful. So and, and, and that that album. So, I mean, it sounds like it. You know, it wasn't like, hey, let's crank out a bunch of songs. I mean, you guys were definitely not. You guys were being intentional over a period of, of how long uh, did that album take to materialize or the songs on that album to materialize? That is um, at least a year and wow. maybe a wee bit more um, because I know I'd written. I'm pretty sure I'd written Hungry before Come Now As The Time was released, which was the album before it, uh, but it wasn't quite ready yet. And uh, so, like, we took our time making sure that the songs were finished. So they were rewritten and rewritten yeah. and rewritten. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I think the end result is a phenomenal mm-hmm. album. Like, like yeah. again, Hungry, in, in my humble opinion, uh, just, you know, for for this guy, for this worship leader here, Hungry is is one of the, the best worship albums um, that, that's come out in, in the last decade, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Thank you. What would you what would you say then um, is one of those one of the most important things you've learned about congregational songwriting? Mm. Um, definitely, 
definitely the thing of saying one thing in a song. That was probably the hardest because, you know, as a creative person, you have a lot of things going on in your head <laughs> and in your heart at any given moment. And sometimes when you're writing something, you want to put that all into one song. And it's really, really hard to separate all of that. But I have to tell you something. I actually heard Brenton Brown speaking on one time. And Brenton was one of the, the team that Brian mm. wow. um, yeah. trained at the same time. But Brenton was teaching at a thing that I uh, went along to one time. He started. He was talking about the abundance of God. And do you know what? It changed everything for me. Because I think there's a real fear as a songwriter that the last song you've written will be the last song you ever write. <laughs> <laughs> and it normally sets in about five or ten minutes after you've finished your song. You're like, oh, no, what if I could never do this again? And he, he was speaking on the abundance of God and how generous he is and how filled with creativity he is and that he has made us in his likeness. And um, so now, uh, whenever I'm writing congregational songs, if I've got two or three songs in there, I think to myself, happy days. I've got two or three songs now. <laughs> they're going to need an awful lot of work, but that's okay. Hmm. And I think as well, um, just on an advice side of things, don't be afraid of rewriting. Yeah. You know, whenever I first started to write, it was the feeling, I had this sort of feeling that the way that idea had landed on me was the way that the song should stay. And, and it was just because that was and is a holy moment. But what you've been handed really is a lump of clay and you get to shape it into something that others can take a drink from. Hmm. Uh, so don't be afraid to poke it this way and shove it that way. And, you know, if you just leave it exactly the way that you've received it, it's not really going to work in the purpose or for the purpose that it's been given to you. Mm -hmm. So learn the craft, really learn the craft. And, and a lot of that is being open to constructive criticism, <laughs> which at times can feel really hard, but you just, you just deliberately choose to switch that part of your brain off that part of, or that part maybe of your heart that is uh, open to offense on those things mm -hmm. and just saying, I would like to take this good song and make it a great song. Yeah. So I want to, I want to learn how to do that. And we and we've actually talked about that a little bit. Um, well, actually, a couple of times. Uh, um, a while back, we we read through the the book called God Songs, written by Paul Balash, and and uh, we we've referenced the uh, the illustration a couple of times. Uh, Paul Balash in that book talks about this idea of a greenhouse and putting your songs in the greenhouse and letting them grow, and and you come back to them later and you see if there's anything different. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, you know, yes. you, you don't just crank out a song like, okay, I got to get the song done, you know, because the label is breathing down my neck. You know, you're you're being intentional to say, how do I make the song better? And you're presenting it to other people and you're saying, what do you think about this? And they tweak it and they re re rewrite it and all that yes. stuff. Yeah, it's really important. Well, so this, uh, this last album is uh, your first independent album. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, um, it is. And so how has, how has that changed, uh, you know, writing, writing now solely independent, you're the, you're the, the producer, the CEO, you know, you get to make all the decisions compared to things before. How has that changed your songwriting approach? It honestly hasn't changed it at all. I have always had such brilliant relationships with all the record companies or the two record companies that I've worked with. Uh, and they've been so kind to me. <laughs> they've let me be a mum. They've let me be a senior pastor. And uh, they've really not put me under the cosh too much, uh, which has been incredible. So uh, trying this, 
this little experiment to see what it would be like to do something independent. It hasn't felt any different, to be honest. It's just you set a date, you work towards the date, <laughs> you sweat it a little bit towards the date, <laughs> you record it on the date, and then you get it out. Mm. Well, so, um, you know, kind of last words here of encouragement to, to worship songwriters. Um, what would you say to us as we as we head into to another year, a, a new a new year, a new move of God in this year? What what uh, what do we need to hear to write the songs that the church needs uh, to hear? I think take note, take note of everything that you notice the Holy Spirit on. Mm. Take note of everything that touches your heart. Take note of the things that you see move other people. Take note of the things that prophetically you know the church needs to sing into so that she'll take the steps to get there. That's the sort of thing that songwriters, uh, that's our gift and it's our joy. And as you take note literally of those things, even if no songs come straight away, they will. But when you go back to that place of when you're in that uh, creative space, and you read some of those things that you sense the Holy Spirit on. Uh, lyrics will start to come. Songs will be born that the church absolutely needs to sing. Hmm. Wow. Well, thank you, Catherine. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Um, thank you so much for sharing about your journey with songwriting. And and we, we need to let our, our listening audience know, uh, you know, Catherine, um, you know, she uh, she finished up her dinner early. She's in Dublin. <laughs> she's in Dublin, Ireland right now. So she's eight hours ahead of our time. She finished up dinner early. She's got small group tonight that she's heading off to. She she was gracious to to squeeze us in between dinner and small group. Thank you for making time for <laughs> yes, us. Thank oh, you so much. you're so welcome. Thank you for inviting <laughs> and, me. And thank you to your husband and your kids for for giving that time away too. Absolutely, we appreciate that. absolutely. I will pass that on. Thank you. Well, to get in touch with you, we go to CatherineScott.org. You can do Yep, CatherineScott.org. And then uh, Twitter is once again. It's just at Catherine Scott. Okay, perfect. So that's how you can get a hold of Catherine. Thank you again so much for joining us on this show. Thank you. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. 